and welcome to Kink Education, a podcast made by kinksters for kinksters and based in London, UK. This episode is about porn. That's the people writing it, producing it, performing in it, and of course, watching it. Content warnings would be porn, the porn industry, sex work, adult film work, and also some discussion of sexual taboos. As always, there will be lots of explicit content and swearing, and this is for over 18s only. So I'm here to talk about porn, and I've got some friends to help me. One of them is a porn producer, and one of them is a porn performer. So if you'd like to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Marcus Quillen. I'm an adult performer and filmmaker as well. Hi, I'm Sam. I've been working in porn for eight years as a producer-director for one major company and I've just set up my own company, Alt Shift, looking to make queer alternative porn for ourselves. Great. Um, so how did you get into working in porn? I actually am a video producer director by trade and I went freelance eight years ago and saw an advert on a standard film and television freelance website and I thought you know what, that'll be fun, that's a tick off the list. Um, actually really enjoyed it and found I had a passion for it. And uh, here I am today. <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, and Marcus, how did you get into performing? Uh, what, and filmmaking? I've always been uh, into performing. So, you know, as an actor, I did Amdram as a kid and then actually went on to study it and train at a drama school. And uh, sort of a few years out of drama school, um, started modelling as well, and then kind of quickly ended up doing nude modelling and then kind of fetish and erotic modelling and the, the boundaries. How related from there? Yeah, the boundaries kind of blur really. Uh, really How did you get into nude modelling? Um, basically, I just applied for some shoots that were on the modelling site I was a part of. Um, Not a lecherous photographer asking you to take your shirt off. In the no, <laughs> luckily, yeah, I've had very little Come on, babe, dodgy you know experiences you want to take it off. <laughs> in that sense. I mean, some, but. Um, Are you sure you're a professional? Come on, go. Yeah. Um, I actually got naked on stage before I did any of that. Oh, yeah. In my drama school show. So. Already had the body like confidence. A nice intro. Well, yeah, it was nice motivated to kind of get in shape and stuff. and then. So if you came from a background of mainstream acting do you quite like to bring sort of character portrayal into your adult performing yeah definitely i mean it's definitely helps i think just in terms of getting a connection with someone and chemistry and exploring that um but also yeah just in terms of wider field of performance just the kind of yeah details of of a character that, that, that can add to stuff even you know the most basic aspects of costume or you know do you get to enjoy doing like a screen version of yourself a screen character rather than just how you normally are in bed yeah i mean the sex itself is how much that is like real in inverted commas versus performed or a fantasy mm -hmm. is kind of a, a a big topic i think and varies massively you know shoot to shoot person to person and yeah for me it's it's pretty real there's not much like difference i don't have to be in a different headspace i don't have to kind of put on a character or anything as you say um and i i kind of think that's it's better that way it's more well enjoy, enjoyable for me and maybe authentic yeah in terms of how it comes across at least i think more interesting to, what happens to see. though if somebody directs you to have sex in a way that's completely outside of your personality and not your normal sex style surely that's performing yeah for sure it's, it's an interesting question it's, it's not really something i've been asked to do yet there's yeah been characters i've played in explicit films that obviously quite different to myself but and yeah that does kind of bleed into the the sex as well but it's uh not necessarily in like a fake way that you might think or like a kind of put on way it's it's you know it's like role playing in, in yeah. the bedroom in private or um you know dressing up at fetish clubs and all that it's it's all kind of it's just uh, the outfit yeah, you're wearing elements of performance don't necessarily have to mean uh fake or Kind of no, no, not at all, but just sort of it's a it's a reason to to act in a way that you wouldn't 
on a day-to-day basis. Definitely, and, and yeah. I found it really interesting. Um, and I kind of always have it sort of interested me in getting into it in the first place. I kind of like the performative element of sex, even if it is just two people alone. Um, you know, in that obviously in that environment, you expect more of an authentic self, but not necessarily. Some people, you know, have a, a huge kind of huge barriers in terms of masks they wear in different elements of life yeah. and, uh, as well as sex or maybe especially sex and you know not necessarily that that's a bad or good thing but I always found that really interesting that kind of feeling that you know sex is performed in so many different ways. <clears throat> so Sam you work with a lot of different performers across different shoots uh, they probably have different attitudes to each other bring a different approach to things how many of them are trying to be super, super authentic and as opposed to really putting on a show and making it quite a porn star experience? I think the last few years for me, I've seen a change in performers that are coming into the industry. Um, For a long time, a fair amount of people saw it as a job and I think that's important as well. But it was quite, it's a job and at the end of the day they go home and that's the end of it. Where a lot of people are really invested in furthering the porn industry and how it's perceived and the kind of things that we're making. And the performers I'm working with more and more are like that. They're more sex positive porn activists. I'm not saying that people aren't sex positive. I just think there's a move towards people being much more invested in the wider industry opposed to just the job they're working in. So yeah, there's all sorts of people and what Marcus was saying, it's often about the two performers and their connection. So it's really important to try and pair people with somebody that they're going to have connection with or they've possibly worked with before and they really like. Um, yeah, do you think people with sort of more natural chemistry or a good, good vibe between them kind of make better porn? I mean, yeah, if you can feel the chemistry is real and not put on, then it's definitely going to come across to the audience. It's the same as acting in any way. If you can feel that people are having fun on set or work, if there's a bad vibe, it's always going to come across yeah. through the lens. Like every, the camera sees everything. And is it hard for them to keep that connection that they might have one to one visible when there's a load of camera pointed at them and a room full of people standing around? Well, I don't know what their connection is without us being there because I can only judge it from That's when we're true. there. Um, but, you know, there's definitely, I've been doing for eight years, I've shot a lot of scenes. There's been some that there's been very little connection. There's been some that have been spectacular and we've all walked out, you know, sweating a little bit. And <laughs> there's been some damn right disastrous shoots, but that's the nature of work. You're always Yeah, so have what's it like for them? What's like a typical day actually shooting? Um, for the main company that I work for, a typical day, we shoot storyline form. So we shoot about eight hours a day. Um, starts with makeup and then they do glamour photos. We shoot narrative, which is drama, basically exactly the same as we would shoot for a drama production for a few hours. And then we do some sex stills, which is photography of the sex. Um, before that, though, we sit down and we discuss with them the performers, what the scene's about, what their characters are about, and what kind of sex they want to have. Make sure, you know, unfortunately it's quite prescriptive because it's film. Like, we'd really love to be like, have sex. (laughs) But there are a load of factors that come into it that mean we can't just say, have sex. You need to jump through some hoops. We need to make sure that we can A, film it. We need to B, make sure we can sell it to the buyers and that they have quite specific things that are frankly annoying and hinder us a lot um, such as what classes is a hard shot and what classes is a soft shot um, you know how many specific minutes we need of different positions things like that which is why so, I and there's a lot stuff. of sort of legal admin as to what you're allowed to show in this version and this version yeah which is sadly for that company where I have to be thinking about the sellers and the buyers there is a lot of description around the kind of sex that we can do um, so yeah, the typical day is sit down, talk with them, make sure everyone's happy, and then sex is only about an hour at the end of the day. Um, we do some behind the scenes interviews, but I'd like to, well, that's why I set up my own company, to move away from all this prescription and try and make some stuff that's a bit more fluid and fun and stuff I want to make. Yeah. Like amateur <laughs> porn, but with better production values. Um, no. <laughs> no? Just... 
high-end porn like yeah good i don't mean values. amateur porn i just mean with that kind of spontaneity yeah just not yeah. being held down by the fact that we can't show pubes <laughs> that <laughs> for, is, for example that does sound like it's, an absolutely ridiculous it's really difficult where do pubes end you know where do pubes end where do pubes end when is it stomach hair like i'm you know all these buyers have these rules and it drives me crazy but it's um it's a good gig I enjoy it. So it's funny that you mention pubes because <laughs> one thing I wanted to talk about is how uh, people's tastes in porn have evolved and how the industry obviously is catering to whatever the current demand is or what it's perceived as. I mean, in the 70s, there were lots of big bushes and big hair and all that kind of stuff. I think that's stuff. less to do with the industry catering, just to do with fashions of the time. Yeah. Like, that's just to do with late, but what's fashionable in pubes. People have fashions in, in porn tastes as well, though. Yeah. That and just sort of the world gradually getting more liberal and less ashamed. What, what can you see there being a move towards more of? What's your audience? Who are you trying to make it for? Who do you see enjoying the work? I mean... It depends what company I'm working for, Yeah, really. Or um, your own one going forward, what do you think you might want to do more of? With the stuff I make, I I hope, you know, as many people as possible are seeing it. I'm, I make it for, for everyone, anyone that's interested. I don't market it to specific group like some companies might, but I'm also quite specific about the style that I want. It's stuff that I know I would want to watch and and buy. I don't have a lot of motivation to make anything that doesn't fit that. Um, so anything you wouldn't like watching, you're not interested in making. No, and and it is just that it's it's I don't it's just that I don't have the interest to to spend the time and energy and money making it. I have nothing against you know all different kinds of styles of of porn that that, that maybe even is marketed specifically at a certain group, um, or or even stuff that is marketed in the broadest possible. Uh, sense but yeah it's more just about the stuff I'm actually interested in that I want to be making so I mean that I know it ends up it being kind of still quite broad in some ways it's just sort of stuff I find interesting and hot um, and I guess narrow in others for example it's there isn't much I guess queer content in what I've made so far I am hoping to broaden that because that is something I'm interested in but in terms of my personal taste it's not a big factor in that uh, as a straight guy i guess it's interesting i feel like i'm making the opposite mm. I, I less make porn that is porn i want to see or i find hot it's about what i want to filmically produce and also where i feel that there's gaps in the market of porn yeah there's definitely a lot of of porn cliches and a very saturated market. For me, you know, it's about changing those cliches yeah. of, you know, just in general, women not coming in porn or not being pleasured. You know, man always coming last. I want to show more queer representation of not femme lesbians. I want to show yeah. more trans representation that is not fetishized. I can't ever say that mm -hmm. word. Fetishized. That word. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, it's less about making stuff. It's, you know, me and my business partner, Ed, are filmmakers and we have been for 15 years. And first and foremost, for us, it's about making beautiful films that happen and to I have think beautiful it might, sex. Yeah, I think it might well shape people's tastes. Because if people look for, for example, porn with trans performers, they're going to get that fetishised version of it, of very flashy... I don't know, just very, there's a very cliched type of content that you'll get if you look for, for trans porn, which is not, of cliched which is not a very, yeah, which isn't that really re that representative of most people's experience having sex as a trans person. Maybe if that's all people watch, that's just kind of the only impression they've got. It's just, it would be good to have a bigger range of things to look at and, and just have in your head and consider and for me that's the company I've set up is to yeah. hopefully fill I know there are definitely people out there doing it but I still think there's a gap in the market for queer alternative porn that is not actually when you look at it made a big deal of it's just actually just normal porn that just any represents porn that, that for once is not marketed well. at straight men yes 
So Sam, you were recently on a Channel 4 documentary called Mums Make Porn, where some uh, women with children came together to talk about, you know, the influence it's going to have on their kids as they grow up and what kind of porn they think is the future and is kind of sets a better example. What yeah, was that like? I think the show missed the point a lot. Um, actually, Marcus and I were both in the show at several okay. points. Um, but I think we've talked about this and the show missed the point in the fact that, you know, they're saying that kids have all this access to really unethical porn and you should talk about this. You're better at this. <laughs> well, it got, it got a lot of backlash on social media from the kind of performer community and sex worker communities because... It basically started from some problematic premises, one of which is that mums don't make porn already. <laughs> there are a lot of mums. That's true. In the industry. And they did, actually, they did actually interview one in the first episode. Um, credit to them, I suppose, for that. But it was more from the as- from the kind of aspect of it, of yeah. her being, being a performer first and foremost, and they wanted to be on the set of a real performer and, and porn creator. And then... It was like an afterthought that she had kids. She actually brought it up herself, um, yeah, and said, "You know, I, I have kids, and I'm, you know, proud of what I do, and I guess I tell them what they need need to know, and and they, you know, that if hope that they're proud one day too that this is how I put food on the table." And, yeah. I guess the people making a documentary for a very mainstream audience just wanted to edit it well, in such a way as it's just like oh here's some shock value sound bites well that's the problem the opening yeah. every time is like there's all this horrific porn out there you know we're gonna make some porn that doesn't exist that's ethical and we're gonna have sex education in it and you know unfortunately, oh yeah like that doesn't already exist is that that absolutely yeah. exists and it, it exists already and that's the problem yeah. it, it was it was shaming porn it was shaming performers it was shaming kink um you know but it's a channel for that is that is yeah such day. a problem that ethical porn and really pervy kinky porn are not mutually exclusive yeah definitely and, and one of the mums was trying to make that point which i'm glad of um saying to the others like oh you guys are you know saying this is disgusting, that's awful, you know, we, we can't do this or that, we're, we're going yeah, to do a, it a different shaming. kind. But actually this is something I've done or did when I was younger and, you know, I feel a bit, you know, shamed by that. And Well, she wasn't ashamed, she felt ashamed that they were well, telling her that this was yeah. awful, all these things that she'd done, consensually, were awful, apparently, if you show them in porn or you have them. That might have just been um, sort of virtue signalling for the camera. <laughs> Well, exactly. It's and but it was also part of of the premise. You know, they were expected to be to to, and it's, to come into it either you know not knowing much about porn or basically just having all these assumptions, like most people do, I suppose, yeah. about how awful it all is, or mm. most of it at least. That's yeah, it's very hard to have a, a conversation about the porn industry without just a lot of kink shaming and slut shaming and yeah. shaming generally. Exactly, and what interests me... Probably often coming from people who consume loads of nasty porn themselves in secret. <laughs> but nasty porn, this is the point, it doesn't matter what the content of the porn is, yeah. as long as it's legal, the people doing it have consented to what they're doing, yeah. they're being paid well, and they're being treated well. Like, that's a very yeah, simplified version of it. But the fact that there whatever is it, you're though. seeing in porn is not nasty or disgusting, as long as it's Only not in a illegal. Way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. That's what pisses me off, and that's what I think, like, having done this show and actually spoken to a lot of my friends, don't understand that. They don't understand that concept. They just think it's disgusting to see, you know, they kept bringing up rape porn at the beginning of the show. Yeah. They kept, you know, there's nothing wrong with CNC if it's consensual, hence consensual. Yeah, no, consensual. what I like about it, a lot of kink.com clips is that you, if you'll see something uh that's very there's a very strong power dynamic and maybe the bottom is like heavily restrained or looks like they are very much under the the top's control um they'll have a little clip at the end of them going like oh yeah that was great i came so much and i i quite like seeing those but uh i was i still believe them if they didn't show that bit but i feel like that bit's kind of possibly there to reassure people yeah. you're like this is all legit guys yeah. everyone was having a great time i mean 
you probably got some more thoughts on ethical porn, and especially that they didn't show it in that show. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I spoke to them for a good while. The the mums in the kind of like interview slash audition segment, um, and to the the producers and filmmakers yeah. like on the phone and by email, and also after seeing the mums, you know, with like a kind of exit interview. Or how was that? What did you think of them and, and this stuff? Um, did their minds get was, opened? It seemed like it at the time. It was really interesting. They were asking like cool questions, seemed to be coming from it from a good place, which is why I kind of got involved with the project. It was like they do want to learn about what else is out there other than the stuff, you know, limited stuff they'd seen or just heard about or assumed. Get onto Google, man. And to some extent they did, but it was very much shaped by the writers and producers. Yeah, of course. Um, to kind of get the reactions they wanted. Um, <laughs> Hashtag TV sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also then obviously it changes it a lot. I mean, the only the only parts of what I did that were kept in were a couple of lines about kink, uh, interestingly, um, you know, interspersed with cutting to their, their blank faces. Um, <laughs> As, which, of course, they had. It was, like, mid-conversation whenever they were taking these clips from. Yeah. Um, um, as part of this wider section of, like, you know, like, this sort of cliche, like, bad audition part before they, the final the <laughs> performer that they they always wanted. And um, It's just TV. It's editing. It's why I don't work in that industry because it's yeah. people manipulating truth to make a show, and I just don't... Yeah, that is it's, just it's, media yeah, in general. Re- reality television is, is wow. Black. Created for entertainment purposes at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still a really interesting show, I think, in that it opens up all these issues and questions. And I still think maybe a positive thing overall in terms of, you know, had it not been made, like, people would still have all these same assumptions. Yeah, I guess a lot of the assumptions are based on the fact that they have never met or talked to a sex worker or well, we porn performer about, we about any yeah any of the any of what it's really like they're just completely guessing and making assumptions and thinking I think we are the only the only reason anyone would ever do porn or sex work is to fund their drug habit yeah. or because they've got some you yeah. know issues stigmatizing is yeah. a huge huge thing and it yeah it does cross over into a moralizing as you said friends you have saying you know things are just disgusting or but not even in like a squeamish way in like an actual oh it's wrong kind of way because there is I think we forget how exposed we are as people who are in the kink community to a world that is a little more accepting yeah definitely it does make you forget what the vanilla world is yeah my vanilla friends like they don't watch porn they don't understand yeah they consent do. in the same way but they, they don't they don't understand what you know i mentioned ethical porn like what yeah. does that mean we live in a bubble where we see a lot of open-minded people who understand these concepts but actually the yeah. world in general doesn't mm. and the show actually mums make porn probably is giving a better representation of how yeah, everyday well, people think it's about any porn. representation at all as well. I mean, yeah. just being visible of like, hi, I'm a porn performer and I'm not being coerced and I'm yeah. not paying think, off yeah, a job. It's a shame they didn't play up and, um, more on those yeah, things and they didn't play Just up be like, hi, I'm choosing to do this because I enjoy it. Um, yeah. It's, it's you know, thank you on the behalf of everyone for yeah. just I would never being in the position to be visible. Like that. Like, yeah. You can't work with somebody when you feel like they're not doing it. because No, and work. I just, I can't really imagine any decent professional porn, professional looking, professional seeming porn being made with anyone who's that off the rails, to be honest. I mean, you have to be reasonably professional to have a, to have a successful porn career, I guess. Yeah, I think that's, that is happening less. Um, it has been the case in the, Past yeah, for, sure. for sure, but that I mean that's true of any yeah any industry probably especially creative industries. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know the stories you hear of kind of film stars with issues like that, you know, are almost like glorified as opposed to you know it being yeah that's true. That Mainstream story... actors with a, a tragic past and a drug problem mm. are you know not going to be seen as yeah. Whereas in porn, it's assumed yeah. to be because of the porn, obviously. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's yeah, it's, it's happening less as just the industry moves on and becomes more, I guess, professional in general. Um, 
and yeah there's still sort of cowboys out there but again mm. just like in probably any industry especially creative ones and definitely the kind of commercial mainstream like film and theater and tv the point is it's not different it's the same industry as making tv as making yeah. theater like just because there's sex involved doesn't make it different like you said there's going to be cowboys but there are definitely professionals working there and not everyone in this industry is there because... yeah i mean there's definitely people in a mainstream media industry who exploit people and exactly that's the and point. make them look bad in some way or another but people hear the word porn and they think you yeah. know everyone's being paid a fiver and <laughs> told that they're being locked in a basement and they're bitch being i'm not getting out of bed Russia. for a fiver yeah <laughs> You know, that's what people, unfortunately, there is a stigma around it, around yeah. especially like vice shows that have shown, you know, the seedy underworld of, you know, sex mm. work in general. Um, and there's a lot of people working. To yeah, well, the more you stigmatize myth. it, the more you're making it seedy. Yeah. So, point I wanted to make that I thought of when you mentioned the um, people thinking, you know, people in porn and sex work drug habits and are off the rails and how yes that's, that's happening a lot a lot less not that it was any more common in that industry before than maybe other ones proportionately but there's also the problem that uh the stuff a lot of people see is does not represent the industry as it is today like so much of the content that is sadly most easily accessible uh is from a generation or multiple generations ago but it's online and it's forever and it's assumed to represent not representative of the present climate not at all um i was listening to another podcast and i think it was dan savage they were interviewing who who kind of brought up this point and and it struck a chord with me that you know people will go on something like pornhub because it's free and easy and that they'll see stuff that is basically just most of the stuff on there is is pirated anyway um but especially the kind of like i guess older stuff but i mean you know by old i mean not just sort of out of copyright no old. one's chasing royalties well there's the, the not, stuff you make isn't on there the stuff i make isn't on there the people no. trying to change the industry you're not going to get that kind of content on pornhub it's stuff that you have to pay for and that's the issue i think you're... yes but also it's partly because our stuff isn't popular enough sadly <laughs> like it's the stuff that well no sorry a it's, it's not popular enough and that i think if we if our stuff gets bigger there's, there's that definite risk um but you don't really get a lot of like erica lust on there um that's because she has a good legal team that will help <laughs> yeah. take it all down but um yeah people making diy stuff or you know smaller indie companies you know have no power they they have the burden of proof um the law is really skewed against it um and so i mean there's there's a lot of places you can read about kind of the horrors of Pornhub, but also all the other sites that mind geek own um there's you know, documentaries about it and stuff and the law but... is quite restrictive against people both making porn and viewing porn um yeah i'd say more so those making it in terms of how they can actually turn a profit and and um or even publicize it um but that's not necessarily the law it's often just different platforms that have gotten a lot more strict and conservative uh, you know famously instagram and yeah tumblr now patreon sadly reddit have just banned uh, any adult advertising viagra's okay so <laughs> as long as men can get it up you know yeah women that's allowed sex toys speaks lube, volumes to oh men. and you're not allowed to squirt in porn either that's just obscene you can now, luckily. Yeah. Good. Um, you can squirt again. It's Yay. that got changed. And, and you yeah. can face it again as it's long as they a, don't sit, look like they're being suffocated. Yeah. Kind of mad, brief UK thing that did have a lot, yeah. did cause a lot of damage, but um, yeah. it's luckily gone back. But um, right. no, the, I think the, the main issue I was trying to get at was that people will see what they assume to be mainstream porn mm-hmm. um, more often than not when they're kind of looking for stuff as a casual user viewer um and that will be stuff that yeah is old and easier to kind of pirate and not be chased up and that is sort of quite narrow actually quite narrow Pornhub is not a representation of what is really out there at this current time i guess well it's it's also like just 
massive I, I wanted to think of a bigger word like titanic <laughs> but it, that doesn't seem so it's, um, it's not how much stuff is on there partly because so much is just stolen and unregulated and almost really uploaded for ad revenue but um it's so varied and yet also not varied so, enough <laughs> so old in yeah. terms of and i don't even mean decades necessarily like you know for something to see to be old in terms of representation <laughs> in, in terms of how much it represents the current industry you know can mean a few years things move that yeah. fast um and that's a good thing there's been a massive change in the last few years definitely right? i mean that's partly why you know i sort of got into it in the first place is because i started to find out more about stuff being made now or in the last few years um, and the kind of movements that are going on and you know it is kind of eye-opening when you are used to stuff that okay it, it might be varied in terms of the sort of content and the acts performed or you know the sort of niches and styles and not much depicted. diversity of performers maybe not so much that um and also just i mean it, it almost comes down to just kind of little triggers in people's minds and a big one is like production value so yeah stuff that is older is okay is less likely to have kind of what looks now like good production value but also it's less likely that it kind of had the care taken just because of budget the, the yeah priorities budget, like market yeah. stigma all the rest even as simple as cameras have gotten cheaper and better in the yeah. last few years and that is a huge trigger in people's minds for what is like not only good in terms of like what kind of grabs their attention or makes them just like, kind of high quality everything yeah but also like like morals wise people talk about yeah. ethical porn like it's kind of like, this thing oh, that if was it's invented. filmed in a dingy basement with shit cameras it must be yeah, horribly unethical exactly. and with starring a girl you've dragged off the street exactly <laughs> and complete rubbish <laughs> yeah i mean these people don't know about so much of the stuff being made now um and you know it's understandable if they've never paid before because they don't think you have to or you should have to or so basically you're saying that the free stuff is not as good not as representative not as current and people who rule out the option of paying for contemporary porn are missing out yeah the stigma of porn has been perpetuated by websites like Pornhub and RedTube where people have access to like you say properly outdated porn that is not a good representation of what people are making now and it's also just stuff that is like harder for them to kind of actually think critically about in like even the remotest remotest way I mean I remember first time I saw kind of porn pop up on a free site that was like obviously had really good production values and was like softer and kind of fit like the cliche of what like feminist ethical porn is like it was a surprise i was like oh my god so like oh wow this exists but without all those kind of like triggers like it just it just wouldn't happen i would just just watch stuff without thinking about it assume it's the same as all the rest um, and probably fit the stereotypes in my head you know it's a really good point that ethical porn doesn't have to equal high production values or that as long as it is the word ethical. That's true. That's I mean, a... if if two consenting exhibitionists want to film themselves doing whatever they do and put it on Red Tube or whatever for mm. other people to enjoy, that's pretty ethical, yeah. but probably not hugely high production values if it's yeah. just from their laptop camera. But yeah, it's it's more a case of is everyone involved in making it adequately compensated and happy with the product? Yeah. I mean, most porn is made um, by the people in it now. It is people controlling their own brand and their own performance, often solo or with their own, you know, chosen performers or friends or partners. Um, And it used to be called amateur, but of course, when you hear amateur, you think of like, oh, grainy home video, big handy cams. And that's that's still kind of what it comes up as on these just like... That's a shame because amateur... (laughs) Ten years ago. Ten years ago, it's amateur. Yeah. Yeah. It's two people just making a home video one-off. People who are making content because they want to make and share content. That's not amateur. That's professional. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's a professional product. Yeah. And that is what, you know, there's actually the most economically viable for most thing for most performers to do and it's it's yeah it's also just everyone is more public nowadays i suppose if you were 
in the 80s making porn, you could probably, you know, it would go onto a, sh a video on a shelf somewhere. Well, there was no Only social the, media. Yeah, exactly. Only the people who bought it would see it. You could probably remain quite anonymous. But mm. now that's not, it, that's both not really an option and be not desirable because you, yeah, you become someone with a professional Instagram and everything and you're a brand and you market yourself as a performer just as much as the people making the films market the mm. films. So I guess there's more incentive for people to be happy with the final product of what they're producing rather than just like, oh, this is a job, I just need the money. I'll just put in my hours and just go go home. People are more involved in it now because they're probably more accountable for what they've been making and they want to be proud of it. For sure. And I think also they know that companies have to be more transparent now, or at least there's almost a forced transparency with social media, um, you know, and whistleblowing and all kinds of kinds of stuff, you know, call outs and a whole issue in itself of how, what, you know, good and bad practices within that. But it, it does mean that I think companies are more sort of aware and kind of willing of to try and keep standards more ethical in general, maybe than they used to in terms of just pay and, and working conditions, treatment, performers and all that even if a lot of the content they make is is sometimes in a similar style depending on the company and yeah when things were more kind of underground as you say i think there wasn't that transparency so it doesn't mean that plenty of productions weren't perfectly ethical but um i think yeah it would have been a reason why why some of them weren't or why they could get, I away, guess get anyone, away with it anyone in any job can be sort of pressured to to do things they're not comfortable with even if it's Absolutely. finance or retail I don't know just because it's sex yeah. doesn't make it it's just to any other job I think it's just more obvious if your job is sex and someone's pressuring you to do something you're not comfortable with that just is like far no, more obviously unacceptable I think well in people's minds definitely in people's minds yeah, yeah. Um, because it yeah of course it immediately links in there to, to things like rape and um, yeah it's like sexual consent is seems more important than uh than sort of your own consent in doing stuff yeah. at and another job. In a way, it absolutely yeah. is. It has to be considered that way, I think, in yeah. general, and that's a good thing. But it doesn't mean that it that it is for everyone. I mean, plenty of people are in sex work and porn because they are, you know, sick of the kinds of not necessarily consent violations, but sometimes, but more generally, uh, just like drudgery of everyday life and normal jobs yeah um, it definitely sounds more exciting than <laughs> any day job i've had well you say that but obviously <laughs> it's yeah it's massive variation throughout i mean depends how often you work and who for and how much you yeah you know, produce yourself and and all the rest and and well for anyone i think across the board it's a lot more admin than anyone else would expect it's a lot more <laughs> Drudgery in terms of just self-promotion and just like any kind of freelance employed yeah. person. Yeah. Any freelance career is quite tough and yeah. you just have to constantly sell yourself. Exactly. That's the, the hardest part for me, even though you know, I have had instances of kind of, you know, wondering uh, just or pondering issues about sex and, you know, oh, do I really want to do this? Do I, did I want to do that? Like with everything. Um, I'm okay with that. A lot of people are as well. It doesn't mean that they can't get better, but um, a lot of people are saying more okay with that than say the grey area of, you know, whether you're scared to call in sick because you might lose your job or be bullied at work for that or yeah. for other reasons. You know, all, all kinds of stuff like that. Sex is a vulnerable act, though, to do in front of other people. Like, yeah. Do you think, as a society in general, we regard sex in a high way and it's not something that you're I'm using inverted commas here, supposed to do in front of other people. I do think it's a vulnerable thing to have sex as a performer. I think it's, as a producer and director, I, ha I am always aware that these people are doing something and I want to be mindful of that and yeah. make sure that they're comfortable and happy and, you know, more than and I have would. have enough with, water. You know, I look after <laughs> my crew massively, yeah. you know, I make sure my crew are crew are fed they're not working ridiculous hours they're looked after they're not driving after working a 10-hour day but on the flip side you know i really look after the performers because i think that they're doing something that i certainly it's a tough do job it's a lot it. of uh, it's a lot it. of exertion and 
physically demanding and I think it's you know. less the physical I mean yes it's physically demanding but yes. you know working on sets physically it's for me it's about but yeah it's very exposing mental side of what yeah. somebody is possibly putting themselves out there and also their yeah, employees which is the crux of the vulnerability I think um, more so than the sex because of course sex can be hugely vulnerable um, whether you're a performer or not but also not necessarily so you know as you say it's, it's something in in quotes you shouldn't do in front of people and that that's how kind of society exists and I think that does come into kind of everyone's mindset is it's impossible to escape even if you are you know super comfortable it's just that doing thing that people. all the people consuming it wouldn't have the the drive or the nerve or the or the or the inclination to do themselves but they're pretty grateful someone else has done it so they can watch it well sure but maybe they do you know fantasize about doing that themselves or even think about it semi-seriously um and you know a lot of people definitely you know imagine themselves doing it as as in as in lots of people have sort of exhibitionist fantasies but i think so but also just you know they like like with you know hollywood movies they picture themselves in the film and yeah. that's directly catered to with like whole genres like pov point of view you know yeah. mostly from male gaze obviously um the moment uh where you can kind of imagine your the screen is your eyes and you're looking down or, yeah usually down sadly <laughs> of the performer and you know vr is, is basically just that right now um for obvious reasons and that's a huge market so um it's kind of i think people do yeah it's the taboo of that the idea oh you shouldn't do it in front of other people that it that does interest people as well as i think most porn a lot of porn that gets made is full of taboos of course i mean it's, you know there's theories of, of fetish that that rely entirely on that as a basis yeah. basically um and that's i think what what makes the kind of moral aspect so hard for people to to really think about in like a a reasoned way because you know they think i guess a lot of people just kink shame themselves exactly because of internalized views from society at large especially if they come from certain types of religious background i guess yeah a lot of uh repression out there not just socially <laughs> a lot of repression i mean this podcast is going down a really big yeah. route we can talk for hours about sexual repression in religion of course but, <laughs> that's um, that's just one of one of the many angles that uses of corn on kink education right, yeah, I, do, I do think it's, it's part a big part of, of people's views you know on these things and how you know yeah it's, i do you know, find no, this the stats that um websites mainly like Pornhub but I've, I've seen other stats and infographics of what are the most popular search terms in different countries and mm. it's sort of funny and also really sad that like countries where homosexuality is you know even criminalized or mm. very much looked down on that there's loads of gay porn getting searched for there yeah it's no coincidence yeah I mean so many politicians whose kind of whole remit is anti-porn or anti-sex work just so happen to be caught, with, you know, yeah. very much enjoying a lot of porn and a lot of sex workers. Um, yeah, didn't, no didn't they recently you... try to blame the liberal world and sexual freedom for some of their priests? I think, yeah, this Pope said something about the, the 60s Interfering sexual with liber- children. liberation yeah. movement. Oh, that's funny. The rest of the world went through the 60s liberation (laughs) movement and not the whole world didn't turn out to be paedophiles. Yeah, it seems so obvious when you've actually thought a bit about, as you say, repression and taboo and how that plays into desire. But that can be such a positive thing as well, as we know from, you know, the kink scene and magical possibilities that that offers. The magical possibilities of taboos. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, but I guess what the kink scene and porn have in common is people embracing those taboos and expressing them in healthy consensual ways exactly and taboos being explored and expressed in a happy consensual way is is the crux of it i think and it's it's sad that 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 is missed so often that that is not only possible but you know a really positive positive thing and yet that is actually what was making up the majority of porn and sex work i feel i've i've heard that one of the most popular search terms 
on porn sites are things like stepmother, stepsister, stepbrother, stepdad. And that's all people sort of looking for slightly incesty content. But they're not allowed to label it that, so they label it step stuff. I think that's I quite think, interesting. I think they are. I think it's actually a market force that means they don't. Because sometimes they do, even. I've heard of, of companies actually you know, quoting market research that says, okay, we have to say, or telling a performer, you have to say uh, stepdaddy a certain amount of times before <laughs> then you can you can just start saying daddy. Oh, um, that's a good point. Because... And, yeah, people are... It's the taboo thing. It's taboo, people yeah. People don't thinking, want to research. It's like having an in-story disclaimer yeah. of like, it's okay, these people are It's okay, you can related. watch this porn and have a wang yeah. over it. It's, it's socially acceptable because it says step. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's almost just the, the tip of the iceberg. Does it really matter that it's all just complete fantasy anyway? <laughs> this is the thing. It's 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 hard to analyse Okay, we, even if we, we say we know taboo can be explored and expressed in happy, healthy, consensual ways, you know, even, even uh, perhaps I'd say majority of kind of people that do believe that and are all sex positive and kind of clued up about it and stuff will still, you know, have limits and yeah. um, will actually not apply that principle to every taboo or, you know, or on how how you do that that's true there's you'll find lots of kinksters that are like oh yeah daddy and mm. and baby girl nicknames are absolutely fine but i'm not watching i'm not condoning any kind of race play whereas you know yeah. other people might not see the difference between those two taboos exactly i mean obviously we're coming from a starting point of yeah sex in society is this thing you shouldn't do like not even in front of other people as you said but just in at all <laughs> just it's like it. still this hungover stigma yeah. that we have yeah. Yeah. and that is a big part of the appeal of it and especially stuff like porn and sex work and that's kind of the most easy thing to sort of understand okay it can be done in yeah healthy happy consensual ways um and there's still too much, you know, assumption that it, that it isn't, which is annoying what we've been, I guess, raining against. But yeah. it's, I think it gets even trickier when even just that basic aspect is kind of dragged in with all, all this other stuff, you know, that is more marginal and kind of is is not representative of the whole. And yet, you know, it, it's kind of can perhaps needs its, its whole own separate debate of things like you said, race play and age play. Um, even, you know, uh, CNC, consensual non-consent, rape, and how far that goes, or, you know, kind of murder, snuff film, <laughs> grievous bodily harm, all the all the more extreme stuff. It's like, yeah, in a sense, is no different in terms of, it's just a taboo that yeah, in theory if... could be explored and expressed in a, in a healthy, happy, sexual, um, consensual way. Are you, and yet... Are you saying that that porn with that content, as long as, you know, everyone's consenting, then it should just be treated the same as all porn. I do want to say that, and I am leaning that way at the moment, but there is kind of a big it's discussion a bit, at the moment of, yeah. I think it's a bit of a case of who's going to see this and how informed are they as to the context. Because is, that's why kink.com do those interviews afterwards. Yeah. I think they're helpful. Um, but that doesn't mean they can't Yeah, be but even performed. that, I do think that a lot of extreme porn, even though we as sort of well-informed adults who know all about consent and informed consent and mm. people having varied tastes, some more unusual yeah. than others, we're going to view kinky porn with ravishment and hitting and screaming mm. and all of that kind of thing. We're going to view that in a diff- coming from a very different place to a 15 year old boy who's accidentally stumbled it online and thinks that that's what normal sex is. Well, that leads very nicely into the age verification laws that are coming in. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, all is... porn should be accessible and okay to be made for anyone as long as it's legal and consensual. But you're right, how do we stop? And people that need to be old enough hands, to see it. Yeah, of, of younger people. And yeah. I think it's more about putting pressure on not small companies making porn it's it's these free websites that are easily accessible to yeah. young people such as Pornhub and Red Tube and X Video 
I think there needs to be more policing of those websites. Yeah, I but there's only there's only so much you can do as someone distributing stuff. I suppose if you've got under 18s in your house, it's your responsibility to have the right firewalls and child safety yeah. features on your mm-hmm. internet connection. But then it's just very hard to police that when teenagers are going outside with phones that can access stuff and get around. But then maybe it's about education. It's about telling young people that the porn you're seeing. That's definitely is my. And it's okay. That's definitely that my mean approach. You do that with somebody unless you sat down. I just big don't think schools really yeah. have the guts to <laughs> sit well, down no. a class of teenagers and say, oh, "Some adults like to hit each other with sticks," but. Here's the broader context of that. Yeah, of I can't not. see them doing that anytime soon, no, although I hope they can one day. They need to be legally required to because that's the only yeah. way that any sex education happens in the first place. I wrote to my MP recently arguing that, uh, well, asking him to enthusiastically support the notion of teaching inclusive sex education in schools, including LGBT identities. Mm. Um, and he wrote back just going, like, yeah, this is already my view, already already all over this. Yeah, um, it's not so that's even an issue still, yeah. and yeah, it just gets kind of brushed aside, I think, partly because people just sort of uh, assume that it's... Well, they don't really want to think about it, it's unseemly. Exactly. They just assume, oh, the, the kids know anyway, or, yeah. oh, the sex education's terrible, yeah, whatever, we'll just leave it as it, you know, just... <laughs> Just, it will not I don't want really to do anything about it. I'm like, that, being weird. Yeah, they'll just find out from friends or porn. And yeah. Then you sort of point out these things like... Well, well if you're leaving them to find out from yeah. porn and the porn that they stumble across is like hardcore anal gangbang, mm-hmm. you've only got yourself education. to blame. Sex education should be sex education yes. in schools. Then they go out into the world and they go, oh, I'm watching porn and that's yeah. consensual and that's great. Doesn't mean I'm going to I mean, do I that. really think there should be... <laughs> this is really, you know... There should be lessons of like, there. right, there's a lot of porn out there. Some of it looks like this. And that doesn't mean that that's what every like girl that you're mm. going to be dating at age 16 wants to do. Mm. That's just mm. one of the many possibilities that's open to sexually active adults who have decided on their own what they're into yeah i mean there, there might be 16 year old girls that they, yeah they do want to do that though and that, that oh i mean decide, i probably I was one but, but sit down and talk to them yeah about it. exactly have a discussion with the person you're going to have sex with exactly. about what they might like and what yeah. you might like and what your limits are Consent. and everyone will be happy <laughs> i think i think what they should really be teaching but that nobody will agree to teach i think hmm. is um the fact that everyone should be getting pleasure out of sex. Yes. Because even even my generation, it was kind of like, oh, sex is something that boys are going to want to do to you. Mm. And mm. Uh, you've got to think about whether you're mature enough that you will let them. Rather than, you're actually, sex is pregnant. supposed to be enjoyable for everyone, including women and yeah. people with female parts. We're going down right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really great, like, sex education, porn crossovers happening right now. And there has always been a kind of element of porn that's out there. Um, But, yeah, of course, you know, that doesn't remotely get mentioned or featured in, like, in children's sexual education. Yeah, Yeah, I I think think there's a place for it. I think the message that all participants are supposed to be enjoying the sex would go a long way towards people yeah. respecting enjoying the their sex, partners. You know, not in the way that the traditional with talk means a woman or a man is enjoying sex. That means understanding what that person wants to yeah. enjoy sex. You know, not And also it doesn't always mean is orgasm. It doesn't always mean orgasming. Yeah. yeah. Like that this yeah. is a sore subject. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't mean that for everyone. A sore subject. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as, as, as definitely, I think that can kind of destigmify it. Destigmify? I'm Destigmatize? I'm going to claim that. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, a bit, because, yeah, of course, when it's presented with kind of fear and risk and uh, don't do this, you know, it's it's going to, A, reinforce the taboo, which increases riskier behaviour, and, and also just, um, yeah, kind of turn people off in general whereas if they are actually interested in it 
which they probably are a bit already, so you don't have to do a lot to sort of yeah convince them there's pleasure, <laughs> pleasure to be had, and even more if the other person is having pleasure, um, they're going to understand more and learn more and. Uh, yeah, we've gone from porn to changing the entire education system around sex. Let's well, do yeah, it. Let's it think, together and do it. I think that I mean, porn, porn has got such a huge function in people finding out about sex yeah. that they are getting more and more linked. Exactly. But I also don't think that people making porn should be held accountable for sex. Oh no, definitely not. I think the other way around. Like, yeah. I think porn needs to do whatever it wants and people just need to understand the context in which yeah, it's made. Exactly. I mean, the porn industry is kind of doing more right now, like in terms of sex education and activism than any school or government. Yeah, I um, can believe that, definitely. Because partly they want to and they're interested and, you know, they are able and full of awesome people that, that care awesome about Awesome people that. who believe in... Yeah who believe yeah. in everyone having the right to sort of mm. enjoy their sex life and express yeah. it safely and responsibly. Exactly, but also because even though absolutely, as you say, they shouldn't be held accountable for providing sex education. But we still want to um, help educate. Yeah, There's, that's the yeah they do. And they almost can't avoid that accusation that like oh, you're, you're making stuff that young people are learning from, learning about sex from. Uh, therefore, what you're making is bad, or how do you feel about that? And, and no, it's not your responsibility, almost, but it is your opportunity. Yeah, yeah. you almost can't the avoid yeah. like that being that responsibility being foisted on them, yeah. which is everything fair, I make whenever we sit down. We're like, what are we saying to the audience? So. Exactly, you have to make have those considerations, and maybe you shouldn't necessarily. You should just be able to make a cool piece of art, but. Um, but you're right, we've been backed into a corner where we have to think every yeah. time about what are we saying mm. to possibly a younger audience in an education way, you know. But at the same time, it's that line between I don't want to be making a sex education video, I want to be making no. art, and and it's, yeah. you're right, we've been forced into a box. Where I mean, none of the, none of the porn that I sort of enjoy the most is something I would want, well, mm. anyone under 18 seeing. I don't think it would be the right thing for them to see, but as a perfectly mature adult who knows what she likes and knows the context of of what she's watching and how it's been made and you know mm. follows the performers on twitter um or whatever i know that this porn is okay even if it's portraying extreme things or taboo mm. things but yeah it's definitely not what i think all porn should be i think it should be just one little corner of the market I think it's important to remember that the extreme taboo things are are considered differently because there's sex involved, and I mean differently as to say, uh, you know, eighteen rated mainstream movies that have cinema release. You know, no one is saying that we need to protect children from accidentally finding those things online. That's true. They easily could and do a lot of the time. And yeah, okay, that's that's illegal in a sense. Hence those I'm ratings. I'm sure plenty of twelve-year-olds kids. Uh, very easily stream a copy of some 18-rated horror films exactly. and There's watch no a lot of blood laws. and gore that they're not yeah. supposed to. There's no law saying sites providing that have to, uh, you know, get proof of age before before finding it, and it's because, simply because of the the aspect of sex. Um, yeah, I mean that is literally how it's defined. It's you know if it's meant to arouse. You know, as example, it's brought up a lot. In the kind of debate is that Daniel Craig having his balls walloped by a rope in <laughs> Casino Royale is like apparently perfectly fine um, as long you know because it's not a part of a uh, a wider product that is defined that is de- determined to be meant to arouse. It's just uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, very subjective. But you know, who's to say how many people have been aroused by that and why, should, why <laughs> shouldn't they be like? I mean, that's the example used because it's violent uh, yeah. in a very particular way. Um, and that's, yeah, the stuff that certain laws are trying to prevent within porn simply because this old-fashioned notion of kind of, uh, you know, deprivation. People will be... De- not deprivation, sorry, what's the word? Um, Depravity? Yeah, to, people will be depraved, like yeah. act- actively, like affected and depraved by seeing something either into doing it themselves which is intrinsically bad or just being made intrinsically worse as some as i don't, I don't know even how how to define it but it's just this idea that 
Um, that you watch Craig Charles, not Craig Charles. Yeah. You that become you a watch worse Daniel person Craig for seeing someone's balls getting being whipped. Yeah, getting whipped. Um, but only if uh, you know if if it's in a, a context where you're meant to to see that and be aroused. If you're not aroused, it's totally fine. You're normal. <laughs> you're a good person. Like, so I would say that you're part of the movement to bring porn forward and make more diverse, interesting, sometimes, but not always, educational porn, and that the good stuff is probably not available for free on Pornhub, but worth tracking down. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I should say some performers do uh, have their own channels on Pornhub and, yeah. and sell their stuff on there, just like on other clip sites, yeah. like many vids, clips for sale, there's a bunch. Um, some you will have to pay even through Pornhub, which is good for them. And uh, it's a pretty direct way of getting the revenue to the person. But yeah, they, they also it. have free stuff on there um, yeah. and still get money from ad revenue, which is great because it's actually their stuff that they are uploading. Um, uh, so that that's a positive aspect of it and and way to find kind of better porn in terms of better. Yeah, I have to see. I don't exactly find. I don't exactly see sort of full-length, high-production value, narrative porn movies available for free. Well, some, um, of, them, some of them are, but even though I'm sure pirated. I'd like to see some. Yeah, and even I mean, there's probably a lot more pirating, even of the stuff that isn't like that, which is also just as much a problem. And I mean, other sites will have stuff that they have uploaded themselves to Pornhub, and 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 uh, they will use that as kind of signposts, so as ads basically cut down scenes and stuff. You know, I've got no issue with that, it's, it's legit, but... Um, but in general, the general consensus is the population need to pay for more of their porn so that they definitely, can get yeah. a broader Even if it's just look, looking up, you know, the company or the performers in the stuff you're watching for free and saying, oh, actually, is there somewhere I can pay for this? Because A, it'll probably be like, you know, better extended full quality. version, yeah. yeah, not a cut down. And scene. also, it means the actual, yeah, creators and performers will re- receive that money as they should for. So show industry. the love by paying for your porn. Yes. Pay for your porn. Pay for our porn. <laughs> Pay for your porn. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, keep the industry moving forward. Yeah. So thanks very much, guys, for talking to me about the porn careers. I might. Um, I might have a, another episode of porn focusing on more kinky porn, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot that needed to be said about the industry in general and people's attitude to it. So thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having thank us. You. Thanks for listening. And just for fun, I thought I'd add to the end of this episode, the brilliant song from Avenue Q, the musical, The Internet is for Porn. Finally. I get to teach a whole lesson all by myself. And I'm going to teach something relevant, something modern. The internet. The internet is really, really great. For porn. I got a fast connection so I don't have to wait. For porn. What? There's always some new site. For porn. I browse all day and night. For porn. It's like I'm surfing at the speed of light. For porn. Trekkie. The internet is for porn. Trekkie. The internet is for porn. What are you doing? Why you think the net was born? Porn, porn, porn. Trekkie. Oh, hello, kid monster. You are ruining my song. Oh, me sorry. Me no mean to. Well, if you wouldn't mind, please, being quiet for a minute so I can finish. Okie dokie. Good. I'm glad we have this new technology. For porn. Uh, Which gives us untold opportunity. For porn. Oh, sorry. From your own desktop. For. You can research, browse, and shop. Until you've had enough and you're ready to stop. For porn. The internet is for porn. The internet is for porn. Me up all night hugging me. Horn to porn. 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 That's gross. You're a pervert. Ah, sticks and stones, Kate Monster. No, really. You're a pervert. Normal people don't sit at home and look at porn on the internet. Oh.
You have no idea. Ready, normal people? Ready. 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 Let me hear it. The internet is for porn. Sorry, Kate. The internet is for porn. I masturbate. All these guys unzip their flies for porn. Porn. The internet is not for porn. Porn. Hold on a second. Wow. Now I happen to know for a fact that you, Rod, check your portfolio and trade stocks online. That's correct. And Brian, you buy things on Amazon.com. Sure. And Gary, you keep selling your possessions on eBay. Yes, I do. And Princeton, you sent me that sweet online birthday card. True. Oh, but Kate, what you think he do after? Hmm? <laughs> yeah. And double click for porn, porn, porn. I hate the internet. Porn, I'm leaving. Porn, I hate porn, the internet. Porn. The internet is for internet, internet is for internet, internet is for porn. Yeah.